Welcome to another episode of the We Are Send Network podcast. My name is Noah Oldham, the lead pastor of August Gate Church in St. Louis, and joined by Hayden Ratner, senior pastor of Walk Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. What's up, brother? Hey, man, how's it going? I got something to correct you on just briefly. Man. It. It's Nevada. Nevada. What did I say? It's not easy. Did I? Nevada. Oh, man, it's not what you guys say out there. Well, hey, this is this is us learning how to be more missionally uh, correct. I like that. That's right. I like that. We're contextualizing. <laughs> We're contextualizing. You got to teach me some of the language from the loo. Oh, yeah. One day. One, one day, it. man. Well, hey, it's just you and I holding it down today. Dahadi is traveling, uh, leading out with Send Network and some SBC stuff around the country. And so you and I are holding it down. Excited, though, to jump in with you. So good. It's always an honor to be on here with you, Noah. And I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to lean in and grateful for this podcast. Let's get better today. I thought we could learn from you today. So I've got uh, an idea today for a new format. So I I listen to a podcast uh, every week. And one of the formats they use is this thing called the two-minute drill. And it really resides with me, resounds with me, because Mm. I was a football player, played college football, two-minute drill, end of the game, got to make it happen. And uh, but I thought, hey, you know, Hayden, he's a basketball player. Dude played professional ball overseas. I want to do something that's a little bit different. So I'm calling this shot clock. What we're going to do is I'm going to ask you a number of questions. Shot clock. Most of them, most of them are going to pertain to church planning. Some of them just more to get to know you and for our listeners to know who the real Hayden Ratner is. Uh, but you're going to have uh, just a, a shorter amount like of time it. to answer these questions. Um, I spoke with Dahadi about this, and he wanted to remind us that it's only the little league that doesn't have a shot clock. So 35 seconds is college, 24 seconds is NBA, and he said you're a pro, so he he anticipates seeing you do most of these answers in about 24 seconds or less. Okay. <laughs> All right, man, here we go. I want to start out with 24. 24 like Kobe. Ooh, man. Well, hey, that's a great segue into the first question. So here's the first question for you, Hayden. Jordan or Kobe? Okay. Ooh, Jordan or Kobe. You know what? I'm a huge fan of both, but I'm a Jordan guy through and through. Kobe Kobe became Kobe because of oh, Jordan. Man. I'm rocking with oh, Jordan man. like all the way. All right, another easy one, but I think uh, your listeners uh, want to know, uh, what's the better shoe, Jays or Yeezys? Ooh. Man, I, I like what Yeezy's been producing lately on the comfort tip, but come on, you can never go wrong with a pair of J's, mm. specifically Air Jordan 1s, 3s, or 11s. That's my style. Ooh, okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take notes here. You're my, you're my style guide for church yeah, planning. Hey, who's the best player that no one's ever heard of? Best player in the NBA that, you, that no one's ever heard of? The best player in the NBA that no one has ever heard of. Ooh, this is a good question. I'm having to process this my because most guys you you have heard of. I'm gonna go with man. That was a, this is a tough straight one. Straight from Dahadi. said, "Give him this one." <laughs> I'm trying to think of guys that I like that just aren't getting the love that they deserve. Let me go ahead and tap into, you know what? I like Zach Levine right now from the Chicago mm. Bulls, oftentimes overlooked as a dunker only. Like, man, he's got good bounce, but the guy is averaging nearly 30 points a game. 
He's bringing some momentum back to the Chicago Bulls. He's got game. Love Give that. him some love. Love that. You know, it's really good because, you know, often in church planting, we see the the big dudes that, that, that have a name and have a platform that everybody's heard of. But there are dudes who are laboring in their mission field, getting it done, that are so killing cool. it, that no one's even heard of because it's not about being heard of. It's about uh, yeah. following the Lord. So, man, that's good. I love I love that. Zach Levine. All right. Let's get into some church planting, yeah. church planting questions. Okay. So honor is one of your core values. Why? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, first off, I think it's biblical. All throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, you see this subject of honor on display. And really, I feel like in the westernized world or specifically in America, or maybe it's just Las Vegas, I feel like honor is oftentimes overlooked. I think especially for men, people feel uncomfortable celebrating and honoring other people. Mm. It feels weird. And we want to change that culture. We want it to feel like it's culture. It's who we are. And so we're called to outdo each other in showing honor. Love it. We need to live that principle. Love it. Love it. Man, I've seen that core value on display in your life. I've seen it in other places. And when that is on display, it builds brotherhood. People want to be together. Man, love it. Love what you're doing there. All right, here you go. What what translation of the Bible does Walk Church use and why? Mm -hmm. What translation do we use? We tend to use, I got one right here. That's an ESV translation, the English Standard Version of the Bible. Uh, From my understanding, the ESV, when it comes to the original language, Greek and Hebrew, and a little bit of Aramaic combined with the English we speak of today, the closest version that I'm aware of to the literal word-for-word translation would be the ESV. I know the CSB is close. I know the NASB is great. The ESV is my lane. So that's what I memorized from, mm-hmm. and that's what we've been preaching from. So that's where we landed. Love it. Love it. I know a lot of churches that same same translation, same reason. Hey, here's another one. So good. When you planted, did you have an outside board of overseers that helped you make decisions and keep you in check? And if so, would you recommend that others do as well? Yes, but with some caveat and nuance to the answer. In 24 seconds, we did have an outside board type group that that walked with us, but it was from our sending church here in our city. So it wasn't an outside board that was one person's in Texas, one person's in New York, one person's in Florida, one person's in Vegas. Um, I think that there's there could be value in having those different spaces speak in or encourage the planter. But when it came to like a board helping us steward and be accountable and and lead into my life. We wanted it to be local and people who knew me and knew my wife and knew our church planning journey and helped us establish our own. The goal was never for that board to be always the board. It was to help us shape our own. And when we were able to have our own and our own stewardship team, elders, et cetera, at Walk, we ran with it. And that's been our story till this day. So I would encourage other planters to start with some type of stewardship team, accountability board. But I think it needs to be people close to you, people not impressed with you, mm. people that will help you get better. And then the goal should always be to have your own. At Man, I love that. Say that again. People, Sooner than you said later. people close to you and people not impressed with you, right? Man. That, that would be my encouragement. Man. Yeah. And I tell church planners that too. You need to make sure you have people in your life that both love you but are not impressed by you. Because if you've got a board of people so who doesn't good. love you, they're not going to support you. It's going to become just another version of a taskmaster, but instead love you. But man, they love you enough to not be impressed. Dude, that's wisdom right there, Hayden. Thank you for that. All right, here's a practical question. I think a lot of churches are are probably 
season to season are wading through. Uh, what's the perfect size for small groups? What do you think? Mm, perfect size for small groups. I'm going to go with maybe this could sound cliche, but Jesus set the tone with 12. I love that number 12. I think it's a it's 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 not so small that it, you know, is, is there any momentum on this? 12 is a good number for a living room, a meeting, a small group. We're going out somewhere. We're doing something together. When it goes beyond 12, it feels like kind of big. It loses some intimacy. Sure. Uh, when it's smaller than 12, it could just maybe be a little awkward at times. But there also is value in the the three-person group, which Jesus also modeled, kind of his VIP team. Um, but I love the number 12. We aim and coach our, char- uh, we call them charge groups here at Walk Church. We say your charge group should be anywhere from three to 12. If it's more than that, think multiplication. Man, love that. That's good. What a great purpose. Yeah. All right. This one can get a little controversial. How long should mm. sermons last in a church planting culture? Ooh, how long should sermons last? You know what? I want to just be contextual. Every culture's different. I do recognize that I'll speak in Las Vegas culture, which is where our church is planted and where we're planting churches primarily. Um, a 90% unreached culture. We're aiming for 35 minutes. That's our aim. We say, hey, we, we put in our planning center, 35 Try your best to stick into that. If you go uh, shorter, it's a win. But if you go longer, it could get risky um, and it could create some squirming. You might lose people. Have I been a good model of that? No, um, but it's our aim. <laughs> That's good. We had we had somebody chat walk recently and we said, hey, 35 is the goal. All right. Sound good. Can you work with that? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love that. I love that. And, and um, just to build on that, then how long, how long should the sermon be? Or not the sermon, how long should the entire service be? If the sermon's 35 minutes, how long, how long should the, the, the average service be? I think the service, um, I think a good sweet spot to aim for when it comes to a service, I would say is an hour and 15. That's what we aim and plan for on special days. For example, Easter's coming up. Christmas, some of those main special days, you may want to aim for like an hour, hour five. Um, but I would encourage an hour 15. If you may have some more specialty moments that are built into the service flow, maybe go a little bit above that. But I've found that when you do less than an hour and 15, especially people that had to make a drive, feel like that was really short. Um, I wanted to go longer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to make sure the service is, is, is a filet mignon, mm-hmm. right? It's well Cut the fat out of it. Make sure every part is strong, is healthy, is a, is is meaningful, is valuable. Mm. Um, and so, when you can shape an hour and fifteen uh, service that is just impactful, I found that people walk away thinking, "Man, that was good. I want to go back. I want to invite somebody next week." That's good. That's my. That's our. That's our. That's really good. That's really good. All right. How many? How often? Or how many times a month? Are you looking for a member of your church to be serving? How many times out of, out of the you know the four Sundays a month? How many times should a should a member be serving? Yeah, so I'm gonna we we encourage people that are family at our church, family members of our church. That serving is not an option. Serving's an expectation, and so I think that every person that's a family member should be serving. I would even say three out of the four weeks in the month 
Um, there should be some space on our dream team where you have gifts to give. God has given you gifts to share. And so we want to encourage people to use them. And whether that's worship, greeting, usher, kids ministry, tech team, front of the house, back of the house, security, there's somewhere that you can use your gift, especially now that we have two services again. And um, yeah, maybe even just being an online host on Facebook and YouTube live stream, maybe it's directing a camera, but we, we need people. And so I think that um, it's an expectation. If yeah. we're going to call ourselves servants of Christ, we better serve. Okay. That's my thought. There you go. What about, what about regular tenders? What about someone that's still, still, still plugging in, still checking things out at some level, but, but they want to be more involved. How often for them? Yeah, I, I think that it's it's a little bit looser as far as expectation. I think I still think we, we would call those people friends, right? They might not be family yet, but they're friends. We want you to get in on it too. And so some of the more entry-level serving opportunities that may not be frontline platform opportunities, we would encourage people to do that uh, maybe twice a month. Hey, if you can serve twice a month, that would be helpful. And we would encourage them to get on a team. That's good. That's good, man. All kinds of ways for people to plug in. What I've noticed is that people that are on the fringes, once they feel like they're relied on for something and they're responsible for something, yeah. they buy in. They yeah. buy in. Yeah, good. Everybody wants to be needed, man. Yeah. Those seem to be the two, right? Joining a group and serving. Yeah. If we can help people join a group and serve, there just seems to be a deeper level of ownership and buy-in, which I think we should build energy around those two yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, here, here's, a, here's one I've been wanting to ask you. What's one big thing a planter should start saving for right now? Ooh, good word. Um, I'll just go ahead and set, take a page out of this previous Sunday. We sent out our first church planner out of Walk Church, Image Church, led by Pastor Ryan and his wife, Kirsten Ivy. And um, what one of the things we said this Sunday is that we started saving for this church plant before we knew Pastor Ryan and Kirsten. Before we launched our church, we made a decision, a conviction that we're going to place money aside every month that will go to our future church plant by faith. We're going to show the Lord by faith. We want to plant churches. We're even going to put money toward it. And so we were able to give him that check this Sunday and said, we've been praying and stewarding these dollars for you and for this plant. And I think if you're a church planner, if you want to be a church planning church one day, start putting money toward it today. I think God will honor that. And he'll say, okay, I, I can send somebody your way. You're prepared for this. Yeah. Mm. It's good. It doesn't That's have good. to be a lot. It could just be, hey, one percent, one percent of our monthly giving is going to go to our next church plant. That could that's that's a big it's awesome. deal. It is. It's huge. Yeah, we're getting ready to send out a church planter this year, and by God's grace, we've been saving for for years. We from the very beginning, we've put money Come aside. On. This is our church planning fund, and we're able to help fund his apprenticeship year uh, as he comes off of our so good. staff team into an apprenticeship role. All of a sudden, he's got cash to to build on. So. And thankful to the Lord for that. So good. All right, what discipline, yeah. what discipline, Hayden, you planted five years ago. What discipline do you have today that you didn't have five years ago before you planted? Mm, really good. You know, the there's probably a variety of answers I could go here. The one that's coming to my head would just be habits of prayer. Mm. So 
I feel like today I have disciplines that I'm working toward that that are 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 continual habits of okay, this is a moment to pray. And so for example, when I pull out of my driveway, I live in a gated community here in Las Vegas. It's about two minutes to get to the gate. And so I'm saying I've committed during those two minutes, I'm not gonna take a phone call. During those two minutes, I'm not gonna uh, necessarily talk to my kids. If they're in the car with me, we're going to take that drive to the gate and we're going to seize that commute. We're going to pray till we get to the gate. Mm. And so I'm fine. There's, there's other moments where I'm okay. Okay. I have a, I have a little time block here. This is a moment to talk to God. I want to have God encounters throughout the day. And, um, I feel like five years ago, I could have used more God encounters, <laughs> um, pockets wow. of prayer, habits of prayer. And I will even just say, this is a book that I've been reading um, it's called Atomic Habits. I've taken our staff through it right now. And he, the author, James Clear, has just been um, talking about how to have easy, attainable habits that you can work into your day. And I'm shaping, mm. I'm building those principles around holy habits, you know, yeah. and prayer is a key one. So that's a discipline right there. I like that. Hey, keeping the, the same theme of, of habits and, and disciplines, we know that church planners need to be healthy. Pastors need to pursue health, especially the stressful uh, jobs that we often have. Uh, what is your preferred preferred uh, pursuit of fitness? Would you say cardio or weights? Between those two, which, which do you prefer? Ooh, great. You know what? I would prefer cardio, specifically on the basketball court. I struggle with treadmill runs. I'm getting better at just doing miles, et cetera, but I need to be competing. Mm. I, I need to be on an app that I'm seeing what everybody else is doing. It just sparks that motivation. But my best cardio is when we're doing pickup games, we could play for hours. Um, the thing that's been challenging in this season is that um, a lot of the gyms have been shut down. So you got, mm. you got to try to find that lone court and get that text message to get some good run in. It reminds me of playing NBA Street back in the day, getting outside. Yeah. Video game. Oh, NBA man. NBA Street. Classic. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, there's two things that I love Great when it comes call. to fitness, uh, lifting weights and not running. Those are my two favorite things. So. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that might be a shirt, Noah. Lifting weights, not yeah, running. Yeah. I, I think it exists already. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's here's my last question That's for you. Um, thinking of where we've okay. been this last year. What is one of the biggest things that God has taught you through the pandemic? Oof, that's a good word. The biggest thing the Lord has taught me through the pandemic, um, you know, again, might sound kind of cliche. This is my journey, but just the value of spending quality time with the people that are closest to you. Mm -hmm. My 2020, I don't mean to say this in a boastful way or a prideful way by any means. 2020 for me was going to be the biggest platform year of my life um, when it comes to speaking engagements, camps, conferences, retreats. It was just, it just seemed that left and right, there were so many opportunities that were so fresh. And I remember mm -hmm. Nina and I talking in February of 2020 thinking, okay, we're going to really have to be intentional because I'm not going to be in Las Vegas too much um, because we feel like this is a call that God has on my life. And in a month, all of them were canceled. <laughs> and yeah. so I look back and one of the things that Nina and I implemented were more date nights, 
more time with our kids. We implemented a night in our, where my parents would come over our house. Nina's mom would come over our house. We would do these big family dinners that we hadn't done ever. And that became a weekly routine where we're just staying at the house and having fun. And man, it was so fresh. And I realized, man, this was more impactful and meaningful for my soul and those closest to me than doing anything else. Not that any of the other items would have been bad by any means. They would have been awesome. But yeah. the Lord had to show me, no, I'm right where I need to be. This is great. And it's kingdom. Mm. And so I, I want to continue, even if stuff opens back up more and there's more opportunity, et cetera. Man, the, the thing that's most valuable are the people that God has already placed in your nuclear family and in your city. Lean into those relationships. It's so fresh. Man, that's so good. Sad Man, that it took a pandemic to like really own that. But yeah, absolutely. That's my story, yeah. But but God's teaching it, man. God, God's teaching that. He's teaching so many mm. other people that too. Hayden, it's been so good to so uh, good. learn from you today, to hear all that wisdom. Uh, thanks for uh, going along with my new format, Shot Clock. You gave us the Shot Clock, a high field goal percentage. You even gave us some overtime there at the end. Thankful for it, bro. And we're thankful for all shots thankful for all the it. listeners uh, joining us today for the We Are Send Network podcast. As always, hit that subscribe yeah. button, share this on social media, pass it along to anybody you think it could be helpful to. If you want to know more about church planting, specifically with the Send Network, you can text the words Send Network to 888-123. That's two words, Send Network to 888-123. And you can check us out at SendNetwork.com. Until next time, We Are Send Network. You have been listening to We Are Sin Network, a resource of the North American Mission Movement. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.